1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the roto World Football Show. I am Patrick Doherty, joined today by Kyle Dvorczyk and our newest employee, Patrick Crane. Uh, <laughs> no,
2: I'm just thinking him.
1: Um, how are you doing? Is right? that
2: how it works? If, if you leave too long, you, you get back and yeah, <laughs> live, you lose seniority?
1: You We've been through, trying to
3: tell that to Denny every time he leaves. Yeah. Hey, but
1: you're back in the line. <laughs> you have lost seniority. You have to go back through the onboarding process again. Um,
2: I actually probably should. Thing. I can't sign on to anything.
1: Yeah, what's going on? You need to change your password.
2: I think I need to reset all my passwords. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you really need to. Uh, We're very high on cybersecurity here at NBC University. You got to change your password.
2: You leave the country, you got to change all your passwords. That's how it works.
1: So you left the country. Have you come back, you know, like a changed man? I know some people go on like diving trips and they come back as like changed humans because they've seen the world from an entirely different perspective. You're halfway around the world. You know, you're in the deep, deep blue sea. Have you been profoundly changed?
2: Uh, yeah. And you know, what you don't realize is once you get under the water, it's a whole new world down there, Pat, a whole <laughs> new world. Uh, no, I don't think I've been profoundly changed, but I, I would recommend scuba diving on ship chasing last night. I, uh, I talked about some of the, the more harrowing aspects of scuba diving. Uh, you know, when you're, you're starting to feel a little panicky and you're hundred feet under water it can get a little bit nerve wracking, but the, uh, the overall experience was incredible. We were in this like tiny little, Um, Well, not tiny. It's it's quite a large area, actually, but it's hard to get to. So there's these tiny little islands, but there's a bunch of them. And you're kind of uh, we were living on a boat and getting to have access to these dive sites that are quite hard to reach uh, by any other means. And seeing manta rays and sharks and octopus and all these crazy creatures down there. There's a bunch of like weird fish that uh, aren't available or, or don't live anywhere else in the world. Uh, than that part of Indonesia. So you're just, uh, diving like four times a day, not really doing anything else. It's like eat, sleep, dive type of thing. I think we saw five hours enough, in the water.
3: Do you go deep enough that you have to slowly work your way back up to depth? Cause I know like the pressure differential changes so much that if you go deep enough, you have to come back up slowly. You can't go right back up or you'll, that's, like...
2: that's pretty much any dive. Yeah. You, really? Unless oh, you're, unless you're doing like, um, a dive where your max depth is like maybe 30 feet, which would be a quite shallow dive, then uh, you need to do that pretty much every, every single dive. And then you always basically you stop at around 15 feet for like three to five minutes. It's called a safety stop. You just chill there for a while. Cause you're kind of like the, you take on nitrogen in your blood eh, when you're diving. And so you essentially become like a, like a Coke can. And so you don't want to. Sh- so the idea is like you now need to go to the surface and sort of like slowly, like when you crack the Coke can, you let the f- let it out all yeah. slow. You don't want to shake yourself up and then burst to the surface or you will. Uh,
1: yeah, the
3: first guy get, to learn that.
2: Get some called the bed
1: to that guy. <laughs> so I, Crane, Yeah, because you were telling us for the show that you're ill, you consider maybe instead of COVID or the flu that you have the bends.
2: i don't think i have the bends slightly different (laughs) symptoms uh involving joint pain uh and uh embolisms
1: yeah so uh, i probably can probably rule that one out
2: um probably rule it out
1: and you know i swear i wasn't gonna make any underdog jokes but uh see take home one big contest and suddenly you're living on a boat in international waters trying to avoid uh i don't know what kind of tax laws but um, (laughs) we will find
2: you I have a very poor understanding of tax law because yeah. here I am once again in New York yeah, City. Yeah, back
1: in New York. Uh, it doesn't yeah. seem
2: like the best way to. Yeah, here
1: yeah. you were told that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and two, you probably weren't hiding from the taxes. You may have been hiding from the blurbs. Uh, but next I Monday,
2: I won't deny that. You're yeah. back
1: next Monday, so get ready. <laughs> Enjoy your
3: reserve slash futures contracts, bud. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, those are all already
1: done. Those are we did those while he was gone. Um, so yeah, I hope you're ready for the blurbs. Some of them will be about coaches. Coaching cycle is just about wrapped up. After interviewing just about every assistant coach in the entire league, the Colts have seemingly backed into a good hire in Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. Is that how we say it, Kyle? How do you pronounce I believe his last so. name? Steichen. Um, the same is not necessarily true of the Cardinals, who hired Steichen's former counterpart, Jonathan Gannon, coming off a very rough Super Bowl performance. It was, of course, an overall very good year for Jonathan Gannon, Jonathan Gannon's Eagles defense. How do we feel about these hires and the going forward directions of both these teams? Start with you, yeah, Kyle. You've been locked into the coaching cycle, probably about as good as anyone in the entire industry.
3: Probably. Uh, I, I don't want to pile on Gannon too much for what is like, no doubt, not a great showing in this world, the defense uh, that had been, and this is why I don't want to pile on too much had been like, one of the best pass rushes in the history of the NFL. I think they fell two sacks short with extra games, so maybe they fell what- 15 more
1: sacks than any other team in the league this year.
3: Yeah, they fell two sacks short of the record for a single season, and they maybe set the record, including playoffs. Again, they get extra games if you give them playoffs and if you give them- week 18 so they were not the best pass rush ever but they were in the conversation without a doubt they i believe led the league in epa per play on defense maybe they were third or fourth actually they were so, third or fourth yeah yeah they were uh like bar none one of the best defenses we've seen in recent years they had a lot of talent uh and they had relatively easy schedule it wasn't i'm mean, it was it was easy but it wasn't maybe the easiest schedule in the world But you can't take away that for 20 games, this was an incredible defense. And they were solid last year as well with far less talent on the defensive side of the ball. And then you get to the Super Bowl and they fell apart. Like they did not look like the defense we had seen, but it was against what I think we've all kind of come to agree is a top five, probably head coach of all time. And the best damage he does, obviously, is on the offensive side of the ball. And I, uh, you know, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago when Brady retired. But probably the most gifted quarterback ever, right? Like goat, goat or not, probably the most physically gifted quarterback. He's ever. already the
1: goat. I'm ready to
3: start the debate. I'm totally ready to start. As a person who d- I like can't remember when was Brady's first season, like late night, like 9901 or something. 2000
1: is he's a rookie, I believe. 2001. Um, is
3: Brady's he-
2: probably going to have the best career ever. But like, we're already to the point where if you were starting a franchise. And you knew you were getting the player for their entire career, you're probably already picking Mahomes. Like, because you're not Belichick, you're not gonna be able to pair him with Belichick. So, like, you know, and obviously we don't know how the rest of Mahomes' career is going gonna go, but like I already want Mahomes, what he's done to this point plus what he's adding on. Yep. We also right? have to
1: say, I mean, it's gonna be so fun and annoying to have these debates over like the next 10 or 15 years. But like the eras are different, the eras do matter. Part of Brady's greatness was like he was amazing at the end of the old era, and then amazing one of like the on the vanguard of the new passing era. Uh, so,
2: but he was a game manager when he was winning those that first that, Super man? Bowls. He
1: came up. That's what I'm saying. He came up with like the end of the fire and brimstone era football. And
2: I, I, my point is like it's a different thing. Like I'm not saying Brady hasn't had the greatest career of all time. If you that's really what we're saying the goat right is.
3: <laughs> I know. That, that's the
2: goat. <laughs> that's you're the goat in the sense that you've had that you've did the best stuff. No one can deny that. He's the goat. But like what is the what is the goat really isn't it isn't it, <laughs> what, isn't it good, shouldn't it be 100%. the guy that we would actually start a franchise with yeah. Yeah.
3: to zoomers the goat will go down as Mahomes. Uh, and we're sidetracked the point i was making in general was that oh you didn't look that your defense didn't look great against maybe the goat quarterback the goat talent quarterback and one of the best <laughs> offensive minds the league has ever seen not surprising, they do that to most teams. So I don't want to hold the Super Bowl too much against Jonathan Gannon and the Eagles' defense. Uh, but no doubt, a bad showing. Something that uh, will go down as like a final stain on an otherwise really strong, you know, stretch from Gannon. I think it's a solid hiring, but I I do think, uh, I do think so much of what I value, especially for the Cardinals, who entire team's outlook is basically just like Kyler Murray if he returns to 2021, Kyler Murray we really have a chance no matter the deficit of talent we have on defense or if we have like aging receivers, stuff like that. There's a chance if Kyler Murray is just uncorking gem deep balls, running for nearly a thousand yards, doing all of it. He didn't do that last year and they need to find a way to get him back to that spot. Hiring a defensive line and head coach isn't like my favorite choice to do that. And if uh, an offensive coordinator comes in and gets him back to that spot, they're probably getting hired away rather quickly in two or three more years. So I don't think the Gannon hiring in a vacuum was bad at all. Like, I think the Super Bowl is going to get overblown when we look back at his tenure with the Eagles. I think more so you really got to hone down on an offensive coordinator and an offensive like system. Like, The guys underneath that coordinator need to be able to step up years down the road. That's a, a, still a tall task, where if you had just hired an offensive minor head coach, you'd you'd hired what I think was one of the best hires of the offseason, Shane Steichen. Uh, you don't have to plan so many steps ahead in this sort of 3D chess type of
2: thing. Wait, but why? Why isn't it a bad hire then? If it's a defensive, <laughs> isn't it Brandon Staley all over again? Where you're getting, In it,
1: actually.
2: you have, are you building around Kyler Murray or not? And maybe that maybe this signals that the answer is that they're not, and they're they're just, just going to try to tank next year and keep Kyler out for as long as possible.
3: I mean, they're tanking next year. That is like, I mean, Kyler's going to be back like middle of the season, even if he's back. Well, early. maybe not. They're getting an
1: insanely horrific roster, too.
3: And yeah, the thing is, they're going to, without Kyler, they're going to lose a ton of their games up until they get him back. And when they get him back, like they had him for most of last year and they did not look that good. I get the coaching should be better. I don't think the coaching was great last year, but it is a talent depleted roster with their maybe star quarterback. Without that star quarterback, those games are going to be rough. So I do think next year, no matter what like this decision tells us about their future, like, I think they also have, like, the longest odds for the Super Bowl, which isn't surprising. Uh, like, the numbers tell us next year should be bad. Your eye test tells us next year should be bad. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Gannon should be a good uh, a good head coach, a good leader of a team, and control a good defense. And this team's defense is so lacking of talent that they need someone who can get more than the sum of their parts. But I agree. Like, I, I'm putting it a little more lightly than you are, Crane. but I am on your side that, like, this still leaves so much legwork to be done on the offensive side of the ball that – well, if Kar- we're ranking them, it's not my favorite
1: crane <laughs> was kind of getting at the point that it was like the wrong archetype for the higher. Just forget like the individual person, like the wrong archetype. And I think it was the wrong archetype for like a different reason too. like for both reasons. Like whenever you have a franchise quarterback, especially like a beleaguered one, it needs to be an offensive mind. I mean, his, his extension is like just now kicking in too. So this they're committed to Kyler at least two or three more years. and Like, why would you not pair him? with an offensive-minded head coach. And I also just think – I mean, we I don't say this very often, but I've made this point before. I think they absolutely needed like a retread head coach, a retread – I think it's coach,
2: retread, right? Tread, yes.
1: Yeah. They need a, a retread head coach. They need like, a coach who's failed before. Is the They thing. need a coach. <laughs> they actually They just need a coach who's like proven like as a leader of a football team because like Kyler Murray is clearly – was a problem last year with the coaching staff, and like they need like another like center of power, and like they need someone just like who can stand up to the quarterback, I guess. And like to me, they interviewed Brian Flores. I had no idea why they didn't hire Brian Flores, who is Jonathan Gannon. Except we've already seen him as a head coach, put together elite defenses, and with personnel that was like not amazing in Miami. It's not; like it was bad. But, like if they were gonna go for a defensive minded hire, I although didn't like,
2: like I mean. It was so People bad were offense. pretty, pretty shaky on Tua coming out of the Flores era. Like, I, no, if you're no, trying yeah. to like restore faith in a young quarterback, I don't know if I, mm-hmm. I.
1: It's I'd true, but, they, but that's another thing. Eric, Kyler was like confident enough to go toe to toe with Flores. I think they could have established like a yin and a yang, and he was much more established than Tua was, um, even though he's had some some setbacks and some foibles. Kyler, where I actually thought they could have established like an equilibrium with each other. But now you have a guy who's like never led a team uh, and like who's not doesn't seem to be a fire and brimstone type personality where Flores is like a very old school personality. Like I actually thought they were like the perfect place for Brian Flores to get a second shot as a head coach. But
2: instead they well, got I'm actually surprised. Gannon, it makes me wonder, like, why Gannon took the job on some level. Like, you know, if you're Brian Flores or a retread coach that, you know, you're looking for that other opportunity, maybe you're not sure if another one's going to come along um, that's one thing Gannon probably would have had, he, I, you know, the Eagles look like they're going to be good again. Like
1: take that chance.
2: So I guess that's true. But like, this is a, a franchise that like, what is the plan? You know, like uh, yeah. th- they're going to be tanking.
1: They're not good at that part.
2: Yeah. Like this could be, they could be in the wilderness for a while. A long, like, long time. And, and coaches, as we've seen with the Texans, like it's hard to survive that, you know, like you're, Gannon could be out after a year or two. Uh, if they're I mean, I I assume what you know, with his as obvious as the tank is next year, he should be fine. But like, I don't know, is he gonna survive three years of the Cardinals not being any good?
1: No. And like the way you want like the the quarterback extension to kick in, you want already to already be like a divisional round level team. You know, like the Bills were like the Chiefs obviously were Uh, Instead, they have like the massive salary cap numbers kicking in, right? As they have like no talent (laughs) and like they have a new GM, they have a new coach. It's horrible roster construction. And just going back to some Gannon Truth thing a little bit, you know, going into the Super Bowl, it was a storyline. Like, I know the Eagles defense has been great on paper all year, like, great with the eye test all year, but like how they faced such an unimposing slate of quarterbacks. Like, Mahomes, it's not like. Mahomes is a unique challenge for anyone. Like he just light, he's lit. He's lit up so many elite defenses. Like you really do get a dispensation. But it is funny, it's like a storyline people were monitoring heading into the Super Bowl it comes to fruition. This is kind of like how great. Clearly, they were above average defense, and clearly they were top ten defense. Like, was this defense as good as it actually appeared, or is it a product of a schedule of Daniel Jones, Andy Dalton? Dak Prescott, who they lost to because they were starting Gardner Minshew. Justin Fields, Daniel Jones. I don't even remember who the Titans started. Uh, Well, they played,
3: you said Daniel Jones twice, but that's not true. They played uh, Davis Webb one of those times.
1: Oh, that's right. Exactly. That's right. That's (laughs) right. That's right. Uh, Did they play uh, Cooper Rush early in the year? They did. They played Cooper Rush. They played. Uh, the Steelers. They played the Texans. They played the Commanders. They played. Oh, well, the Colts? which, which oh, bad God. Steelers
2: quarterback did they play?
3: Because that would maybe change my mind.
1: I believe it was that game. Uh, where you know, the other guy, Kenny Pickett, whatever his name is.
2: No, I think was that a Trubisky? Because that was fairly early on.
3: I, don't <laughs> know. Oh, I mean, I'm looking. Does not matter? At the end of the day, doesn't matter. Really they, matter.
2: They completely crushed the Steelers. That they was. They, uh, yeah, they might have I seen agree. both because they beat them so bad.
0: I was oh,
1: yeah, Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris completed a pass this game. So did Chase Claypool. Uh, wow. That day. <laughs> uh, we love to look back and find these box score Easter eggs. So we're a little dubious on the Gannon hire. Do we like the Steichen hire though for the Colts? So again, interviewed like without exaggerating like 13 or 14 people. Do we like, and the they
3: Steichen. got to the rare third round of interviews. Most teams get through the second one and they're done. Uh, I, I was I was pretty confident we were getting Jeff Saturday at some point, and uh, God it seemed like he Hart. was trying.
1: To, it seemed like Ursay was trying to wait out Ballard, and get his Saturday result, and he failed.
3: Yeah, they they also maybe maybe were trying to wait out the Super Bowl, but. Uh, to, me, to me, it looked like it was uh, how far... It's like what the Texans have done uh, up until this year with the Josh McCallum thing. Can we get away with it? Let me tell No, no, no. <laughs> okay, no. The stove is still hot. We can't do it. They
1: float a trial balloon, and the U.S. Air Force immediately shoots it down, even though it's an <laughs> obvious balloon. <laughs> uh, I like this hire a lot. I, I joke about them
3: nearly making what I think would have been a bad decision for the team's long-term outlook, but this hire, I mean... I, I all credit to Jalen hurts for being the elite quarterback that he is and capitalizing on uh, both like his physical and mental talents. But part of that comes down to the coaching that helped him get there as well. And it is impossible. We'll never be able to entangle what of his growth is on him versus his, his coaching setup and the people around him. But to the best of our ability, he made a solid leap into a second year and then a like, Josh Allen level leap from year two to. three. You know, Hertz is the
1: best quarterback in the NFC now, which seems kind of insane. Like, but it's partly how bad the NFC quarterback situation. Is I think right I think
3: Hertz is in the is in the borough uh, the borough tier of quarterbacks. I mean, when you look at like his, his EPA, his CPOE. Uh, he was just as good as as Hertz and Allen essentially. Like they traded off which one of that trio was best in terms of EPA per play or which one is most accurate in terms of CPOE. PFF grade is similar as well. Uh, And you add in that he is one of the best Russian quarterbacks. I think
2: uh, another sidetrack. Luckily, we don't, you know, there's not. I was, I was in Indonesia. I was in Indonesia for this, but. (laughs) But my my understanding is that like there was a couple like bad calls away from Burrow being better than Mahomes. Is that not how uh, the the I, NFL media was handling itself? Uh, you missed happen.
3: the part after the part where Burrow <laughs>
2: was nearly the best
3: quarterback. Where again he was. But now Hurts is football. better than Burrow. I thought. Okay. Look, yeah,
2: I was
1: gonna flag that one, but I just let it move on. Um, I can't. <laughs> this is. I can't believe we're not. We'll
2: a Little fickle back. here. Seem a little fickle.
1: Uh. Look, you did not catch me out
3: here doing this burrow over Mahomes nonsense. Again, we have the road for this podcast has some potholes in it. And I keep finding ourselves in potholes. Point I'm trying to make is the leap Hertz made was incredible. Really among like the biggest year X to year X plus one leaps we've seen. How much of that was on Steichen? No clue. But do I want to bet on maybe that it's him versus a lot of these other OCs who have been solid but have never shown their offenses to blow up in the way that the Eagles did? yeah, I want to make that bet 10 times out of 10, the same way that we wanted to get, uh, like, Dable away from uh, away from the Bills. And that appears to have worked out quite well. So these are the types of bets you want to make. Do I know if it works out? Of course, I, I have no clue if it works out. But I think it's one of the better bets you can make in today's NFL.
1: It was, like, the right textbook hire. It was truly a textbook hire. And one thing with Shane Steichen always kind of slips through the cracks, and Nick Sirianni actually reminded on Thursdays that Shane actually did call the plays on Sundays – Nick Sirianni is like the architect of this offense, but he hand, he truly hands off Sunday play calling duties. But like Andy Reid doesn't really do that. Like Nick Sirianni like hands off the Sunday play calling duties. So Shane Steichen was calling, you know, week after week. we you know, there's this beautiful – implementing, executing these beautiful game plans. We, say we don't know who really installed the game plan. Did an amazing job on Sundays. And just as Crane was kind of getting at earlier, something I firmly believe is – you have to hire, and Kyle mentioned this too, you need to be hiring an offensive-minded head coach unless there's like five or six defensive-minded like people who kind of break the mold. But in general, if you're taking a chance, like an unproven coordinator, you want to make it offensive coordinator nine times out of ten because, as Kyle said, the second they have success, they just get plucked away. You don't want your offensive architect getting plucked away. Scheme is more important on offense than it is on defense. For personnel matters more on defense. The scheme, of course, matters on defense. But if you're building it in a lab, you want your hire to be offensive-minded. And two, he's a guy with unknown upside because he's not a retread head coach. He's a guy who could just easily fit that blueprint of so many Sean McVay guys we've seen have success. It's the McVay blueprint with Nick Sirianni. Crane, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I like the hire a lot. I mean, this is like kind of a weird bias that I have for the Eagles. But it's like when I was writing the walkthrough this year – and I was trying to project. Like, obviously, the whole point of it is I'm trying to predict what these offenses are going to do, what the game plans, how they're going to attack. And the Eagles were pretty easy to predict. Like, they they you look at what the matchup was, and you know, it's like, huh, like they they're gonna might have a hard time against this pass rush. I best I bet they'll they'll feature some shorter passing to Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith on screens or you know, wow, this is a really big mismatch with the run game. That we This could be a Miles Sanders week or, you know, man, there, there were a couple of times where it's like they should be able to have their way downfield and then A.J. Brown would have these blow-up games. And so, you know, just that the, like they were kind of doing what it appeared to make sense to do on paper made me kind of like them because, you know, it made me, you know, they're doing what I thought they do. So I'm like, well, wow, they're so smart.
1: But, well, as, as we, we talked about all year where they – and uh, they were so adaptable. They were so versatile. Yeah, and they they actually did do what made sense. They
2: which, changed. They yes, yeah. It, if you look at their overall philosophy, they're like a run first team. But they were they were a run first team largely because they had no problem going smash mouth when playing from ahead. But there were lots of times where they were in competitive situations or early in games, and they were airing it out. Uh, they they were not afraid to pass the ball. They're not afraid to be aggressive. We saw that in the Super Bowl. Not afraid to attack downfield at all. Uh, I think that that is a really strong sign for what you're looking for in a head coach. It's one thing to be able to, you know, call plays really well, which appears Steichen can do. But I think to, like, be really detail-oriented, design these game plans that are really intelligent, I feel like that's something that's probably going to, like have more weight going forward. It's gonna be, I think, maybe a little bit more predictive of like long term success that this guy is like part of a. He was part of an organization that seemed to be really intelligent in terms of how it was attacking week to week. The same way we we talk about Bill Belichick on the defensive side.
1: Yes, so he checks all the boxes. I mean, he could fail spectacularly. We know how this goes. But hiring a first time head coach, I feel like Shane Steichen basically checked every single box. Smaller cycle than usual.
2: Sorry, just I'm just curious on your guys' thoughts on on what it might mean for the Colts. Like, do you think that this like is a basically locks in that they're taking one of the rookie quarterbacks?
1: Yeah, they basically already said that on accident.
3: Yeah, Ursay and Ballard were doing some, you know, end of season interview. I don't whatever their interview they were doing. And Urse dropped a little nugget that something, something about us getting our young quarterback and Ballard just gives him the look.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He basically phrased it the way you did where he he basically said, well, obviously now we're going to take a young quarterback since we've hired this kind of coach. And uh, yeah, Ballard had seen a ghost. Uh-huh. His name yeah. is Jim Irsey.
3: <laughs>
2: the,
3: the Bears just immediately start picking up the phone, like, "Hey, you, what do you think
1: about the number one overall?" Pick? I know, I know. It, I mean, I guess it's not that big of a deal. Everyone already knew exactly, way, yeah. but it's still, you don't just come out and say it. There's a reason why coach speak exists. So yeah, they're taking a quarterback. Pat. Yeah. Ursay um, seems a little tired of the 37 year old uh, last my you know, one last job gunslinger. <laughs> You know, like this guy's going in retirement, but his buddies convince him to do pull one more robbery. Um, that was kind of the Colts' approach, and, and he and, robbed us of a third round pick. That's the ultimate price. Yes. Uh, it seems like they're getting off that carousel. So, yeah, the coaching carousel is much smaller than usual this year. Only quote five teams hiring new coaches. That is Shane Steichen to the Colts, Jonathan Gannon to the Cardinals, Frank Reich to the Panthers, Sean Payton to the Broncos, and D'Amico Ryan's to the Texans. Who do you guys think was the best hire of the cycle? Start with you,
2: Patrick Kareem. Uh, wait. Overall, or of uh, the other guys?
1: Over oh, of the oh, five oh, of the top five. I mean, I know that you might not have even heard of some of these guys. You've been in Asia for a while, but uh, who is the best coaching hire of
2: the cycle of those five? I mean, Steichen would be the guy that I'm I'm most excited about.
3: Kind of I'll go demortured. I'll go my number two because I agree with Pat Steichen to me I'll actually go D'Amico Ryans uh I do think one edge he will have among defensive coaches is that he'll probably have a pretty strong pipeline of of Shanahan guys that he can just always hire the passing game coordinator the, the so-and-so if uh, I believe they hired uh Bobby Slowick as In which he has
1: already done yeah yes <laughs> so. it,
3: Slobick was a 49ers guy. If the offense gets a rookie, they they do well, and Slobick gets hired away to another team, he can probably at least have a quicker ramp-up period uh, to get the next run game coordinator, pass game quarterback, pass game coordinator, quarterbacks coach from Shanahan and make him his new offensive coordinator, which I think is maybe a slight edge that he can provide. He will always have like a pipeline of, or from Mike McDaniel, he
2: can poach his guys too.
3: Exactly. Yeah, he has like this pipeline network of guys he can continue to poach. I, I'm still lean more towards you should be hiring offensive coordinators, to the most young, successful ones as your next head coach in the NFL. But if you're going to do a defensive coordinator, I think this is like easily one of the best ways you can do it. Hire a guy with connections to the best coaches in the league who's had success on his side of the ball, obviously. So he'd actually be uh, my number two. I agree. This Steichen for me is the best
2: hire we got. I will say too, team. like. To the, to the kind of coach archetype point, I think if you're in a position like the Texans where like, yeah, they're going to be drafting a quarterback and so the offensive side of the ball is obviously hugely important, but they also just like need to like completely rebuild that organization. And uh, the guys that have been, you know, like you look at like um, Harbaugh, right? Like he was a special teams coordinator and it's more just about like, getting the organization in the right Yeah,
1: plan. this was like a culture hire. I mean, it clearly it was a defensive coordinator hire, too. He did an amazing job coordinating the 49ers defense. But this is clearly about like resetting the culture in Houston, yeah. which was uh,
2: horrible. And he seems like a great hire for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the, the only yeah, the only thing with Ryan's I've made this point in a previous show is, uh, you know, how, the second year in a row, Nick Bosa's defensive coordinator is getting hired. So how do you separate what is like this elite personnel from the coordinator, but that that's who gets hired is coordinators from teams. That have, Cause a lot of times that's what allows a good coach to shine is when they have good players. And he took advantage of his good personnel and absolutely shined as the 49
2: Also like Salah seems like a pretty good coach to me. So, I mean, yeah, it's not like it'd be one thing if solid kind of got exposed. He's got yeah. this
1: one weird trick holding him back though.
2: Um, what, a quarterback,
1: uh, <laughs> worst quarterback situation in the, in the NFL.
2: But don't you think like a lot of coaches would have gotten? I mean, that's like a pretty tough thing to outlast, like a, the number two pick busting real, real hard. Um, and he seems to be riding that out like pretty well. Yeah, he I mean, is. the
3: team, they it's were in playoff competition. though, in
2: 2023,
1: for sure. Like,
3: sure, I agree with that. But to have such, I, to Corain's point, to have such bad quarterback play, the most important, like, single position in sports, have it be among the worst, no matter what you do. Yeah, and Chris Stradler played a hell
1: of a quarter.
2: I, <laughs> not just among the worst, but, like, from the guy you took, number two overall. Yeah. So
3: not only to, like hold the team together from like everyone is not trying to get you fired perspective, but also they were in the playoff until I think week 17 is when they officially got knocked out. I think if I remember correctly this past year. So like, and I think that's sort of the floor that you're looking for the floor ceiling combo you're looking for from someone like Ryan's is to have him be like a Harbaugh Salah Tomlin type where like great for the locker room, a floor of like eight wins every single year. And if you get the positions right, a ceiling of, you know, a Super Bowl contender type.
1: Not that this really matters, but it was pretty interesting to me, like the final two months of the season, like everyone in the NFL was like, yeah, someone needs to hire D'Amico Ryan. It's like he became like the kind of like spontaneous movement guy where just like people were like unprompted, like start talking about D'Amico Ryan's. And it just seemed like he was a known star already in league circles. And talk about just a team that had to go in a totally different direction head coach than – uh, I don't know about hiring. They hired like back-to-back 65-year-olds. Uh, not, not to be ageist, but uh, <laughs> they needed a culture reset, and they. Needed I mean, Lovey
2: uh, Smith's right. kind of a legend for winning that last game. I mean, Lovey, Let's a the man do?
1: That actually should be at the top of his Wikipedia. Uh, That really should be at the top of his Wikipedia. Not as not as amazing. All time time. move. Yeah, so good. He was so good as Rams defensive coordinator. Really, really good as Bears head coach. But that needs to be the top of his Wikipedia. (laughs) And week eighteen as Texans head coach. So good. Uh, I was going to ask you guys your least favorite hire of this cycle, but it's really it's a weird cycle where. Honestly, you can like nitpick a lot of these hires, but this is like as if Jonathan Gannon is like the worst of the five. That's pretty good because Jonathan Gannon, as far as like archetypes go, still pretty good. He's not a retread. He's coming from a, a really really smart coaching staff, so it probably already says something that Nick Sirianni like trusted this guy. Um, it, it, he's walking into a horrible situation, but. I mean, the two retreads are kind of just like no brainer retread. Like no one's, you sh- no one can have complaints about Frank Reich or Sean Payton getting hired. I
3: complain about Sean Payton.
1: And then the first time. You, like,
3: you're not in on the Sean Payton hire? I don't think it's a bad hire. I do think it is like you have gambled your entire future by giving up a first round pick for a guy who I think he's a great coach,
1: but he also sort of seems like he wants to get paid.
3: Yeah, wants to get paid for sure. And we have no clue what he's like without Drew Brees. Like, how many games did he coach in New Orleans without Brees? It's probably under 20. Brees was I
2: terrible think. those last few years, though. I mean, his arm was dead.
1: I mean, like, the team wasn't
2: great then. He though, say so that like, now
1: that he doesn't work for NBC anymore, Pat.
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> great, great, great at broadcasting. Uh, for
1: <laughs> no, no, I, th-
0: I, I think mean, it's
1: fine. I think
3: it's just so risky to say, uh, you know what this team <laughs> needs right now? Now, seeing that Russell Wilson was terrible last year. Uh, a deficit of talent in the future. That's what we need is bringing in less good players. The the trade off is you bring in a really good head coach. So I do think like you have bet so, so, so much that Russell Wilson is who he was in Seattle. And that wasn't uh, a part of the structure he was in there. And that Sean Payton. See, I don't uh, see,
2: I don't see it that way. I think you're, if you're sending the pick to get Payton, I think it kind of gives you more like flexibility going forward because now you've kind of bet on this additional thing. And so, like, if Wilson stinks next year, which is a good chance he does, then, like, you kind of now have this new out of, like, moving on from Wilson. Now you have the cover of, like, we brought in Peyton and he still stinks. You can move on from Wilson. Yeah, maybe you're, like, kind of out there for a while, but there's this, like, we They're have Sean Peyton coat time. of paint on the franchise that, that you're not a complete disaster. Um, I don't know. I think it kind of makes sense. I think it gives them, like, A much better chance of salvaging something from Wilson, like a much better chance.
3: They're like stuck with Wilson for like three more seasons.
2: No, they're Uh, not. They could move on after this season for you know they have to eat a lot of stuff. But uh,
3: yeah, I mean like they could cut them now if they want to get 107 million dead cap. They're still on the hook for 50 million uh, up through 2025. (laughs)
1: I mean,
2: it's <laughs> so much money.
3: <laughs> it's, it's been done before, but yeah, it wouldn't be right.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be great. I'll give and you what, that. They,
3: they didn't draft a first round pick last year, right? Are they not drafting one this year as well? They're not, Kyle.
1: And they had finally gotten one from trading Bradley Chubb, and then they traded exactly. Yeah, that's, that's They traded they it for up. someone who doesn't play football.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think Peyton's a good, still will be a good head coach, but they're stuck with Russell Wilson or a giant cap deficit to work with just every year they begin. Oh, sorry. There's that Russell Wilson toll. Who's like the baseball player who gets paid a million every year
1: by the Mets, maybe? Uh, Bobby Bonilla.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like that thing. But it's like 30 million every year for a few years. Uh, and they're like, oh, no trade in the have-
2: Panthers. Frank Reich will take on his <laughs> a million. Were, the Panthers
3: are a team that would do that, too. But also they're like, oh, well, we've got some young up and coming players that we've taken in the fourth and the seventh round because we don't have any first round picks over the past few years. Like they, they have definitely vibes of like if this specific connection doesn't work out, we are dead for years to come.
1: I do think I think it was a pretty sensible game. I mean, it, it's fine. I don't think it's they needed that the one, pick but. really bad. Like they, they're a team that actually needed that, even though it was like number 26 or whatever, like they didn't need that pick. Uh, but Sean, I mean, as bad as Russell Wilson was last year, I mean, I do think a lot of it was the coaching. A there's no one to rein him in. Like Sean Payton is as established as it gets, will rein in. Whatever was going on with Russell Wilson was apparently like using like the wrong audibles and so like just mm-hmm. seemed like not prepared. But you know, who was also not prepared was the coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Just yeah. totally unready for the moment. Didn't meet the moment whatsoever. I mean, it was the classic. They couldn't even get the plays in. Like, that kind of stuff's just not going to happen with Sean Payton. Like, so Sean Payton's a great hire. Pay him $25 million a year because he's going to get the play in. You know, that's why you want to hire. Him. Uh, no, hey, good news I, is, uh, I think it will Payton's, be better than that.
3: Payton doesn't count against the cap. Coaching uh, hires don't count against the cap. And they can afford it. I think they're owned by the Walmart family now. So. They are.
1: Ah, uh, they They can afford to just wantonly waste money on a coach who seems, frankly, maybe more interested in fishing than coaching at this point.
2: Um, well, let's not. Let's hope not. That would be. Uh, that would that be would pretty be tough scene for the Broncos. Be, I mean, it'd be kind of amazing if Peyton is also washed.
1: I know. It would be so good. It would be so, 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 so good. He, he seemed a little checked out the final few years in New Orleans. You know,
2: well, every, don't let him have any control over the cap. No, because-
1: and beyond that, Pat, too, every year there's rumors like, oh, Sean Payton might get traded. Like, wow, I'm not sure if a coach should keep leaking that he wants to get traded every year. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, so, uh, the man gave Taysom Hill way too much money. Do yeah. not let him anywhere near the books,
1: man. Yeah, the Saints' books are uh, cooked. If you've looked, uh, getting ready for the off season.
2: <laughs> can we? Uh, can I throw out a, a potential worst hire of the you of the uh, hiring cycle? Brian Schottenheimer is the OC. I, I mean, it. that they is that is OCs real rough. So this is a good one. <laughs> that, uh, unbelievable. What is happening? I mean, like I actually feel like maybe we're not freaking out enough about what's going on in Dallas. I mean, uh, you mean the guy who unlocked Russell Wilson
3: before we turned out and he was never good at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, people forget
1: about shoddy in Seattle, but go on, go, go oh, off, man. Pat.
2: Well, I mean, it's just a sign, right, that it really is going to be McCarthy. Like if McCarthy wanted to just like completely ensure that he was going to have total control over the offense, like you bring in Schottenheimer. I mean, no one is going to be clamoring for Schottenheimer to have more control over this offense. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of a genius move by McCarthy. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, we're, I, every concern that we had after you know McCarthy's taken over, uh from Kellen Moore what this offense is gonna look like. I think is reinforced by the Schottenheimer hire. And God, they they're already kind of too conservative. They're already the run first team. Um I think they they could be really bad. The Cowboys could be really bad next year. It's gonna and like may, maybe like a huge bummer for fantasy.
1: It'd be a huge bummer, but it'd also be Cliff's gone, Jeff Saturday's gone. We need a new hero to emerge to make fun of and tweet about everyone
2: that's true. He's That's a good sure.
1: candidate, yeah. Mike McCarthy. Think, is hopefully, hopefully Peyton
3: there. is checked out. He would be a good candidate because Peyton checked in, showing up to work every day, putting in his hours. It should go well. Like he was a really smart, creative coach with the Saints. A checked out head coach. There's almost nothing funnier. Like the Urban Meyer scandal, <laughs> after scandal after scandal, <laughs> was like my favorite era of NFL football, and it
2: wasn't. Hey, based I didn't, on in, a I didn't play. even enjoy it. It was too bad. <laughs> It's
1: I loved bad. it. I Fisher Jeff Fisher was checked out with the Rams, man. That's, That's the, the level I, That's I a I good checked out. Yeah. Um, Fisher was so 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 checked out. The hired like, listen, man, we're moving the team. Just like, I don't care. Do you remember
2: it. in Hard Knocks when the team like dropped him off at a at a bus stop or something and just left with the very at <laughs> the very end? <laughs> like, I, I forget exactly what it was, but there's like a thing of like him and his wife, I think, and they're like waving a bye to the team, and they're I guess they're like going to LA or something. It's just I'm so good. Like
1: so, yeah, it's I so good. That, It sounds like they've they,
2: they dropped him on a farm upstate or something.
1: They, oh, come on, man. <laughs>
3: uh, that's that's future Michigan Panthers head coach. Jeff, er, does he oh, still have that good.
1: job or did, does that league even exist yet? What's the yes, job? the league still exists. I don't know if he kept the job year over year, though. I think he did. Well, hey, in St. Louis, we're getting excited about the XFL, man. The Battle Hawks, Anthony Beck, the season getting going pretty soon. Here we Kaka that's what we say here in St. Louis. We love our yes, hawks. we do, brother. We love our hawks. So we also love our RotoWorld football show, which will be right back after this. Every season is draft season. Get your RotoWorld draft guide bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts. They're packed with profiles, rankings, projections. Order today and get all three RotoWorld draft guides for the price of two. Plus, use promo code BUNDLE five and save an extra $5 at checkout. That is promo code BUNDLE5 for an extra $5 off at checkout. And don't forget, download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players in your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. The Rotorold app is available in your app store today.
0: Guys, it's February
1: sixteenth as we record this, and you inform me over text that it's already best ball season.
2: I'm on the clock right now.
1: And uh, wow, wow, uh, I'm kind of scared, just to be honest. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see this addiction lead to something, Crane. <laughs> like to see this, you know, result in anything whatsoever. Uh, yeah. So it did pay off for you last I year. I did it, Dad. Okay. <laughs> I know you did. you made it to the big city. You were playing at Carnegie <laughs> Hall. You were correct.
2: Uh, <laughs> I've been playing so, at Carnegie and, Hall that's right.
1: You're playing Carnegie Hall. Now you, you want to go to Madison Square Garden this year. That's what you want. <laughs> um, yeah, you informed me people are already drafting. And it's it functions as a pretty interesting look ahead uh, to early 2023 drafts, because which will be getting going So I mean, are already going. But even like normal people will start drafting like May and June. Um, <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. Kyle,
3: you highlighted even well-adjusted people will be drafting in three months. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. Exactly. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the way I phrased that, uh, I mean, even people who aren't as hopelessly, 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 hopelessly sick and addicted to this <laughs> will be drafting by May and June.
3: That's right. Even Kyle, you're highlight- people will be drafting in three months. <laughs> so, All Kyle, right. One more, Darty. Then we go to the next segment.
1: Yeah, yeah, You highlighted some interesting ADP so far. There are three quarterbacks currently going in the top 16 or 17 and on underdog already, what do you make of this? Later on QB, it's always been a little more dead in best ball, but is it deader than ever heading into 2023?
3: Yeah, I don't think this is, like, a bad reaction. I don't know if I'll be getting a ton of these players, but, like, it makes sense, right? You look at even, like, where, especially in best ball, where the bigger games are really what matters, like Kirk Cousins putting in his hours and getting you between 13 and 19 every week, even if that results in a good average, the average QB 10 or whatever, Uh, isn't particularly useful. It's the spike weeks that matter the most. And frankly, I think that's probably underrated in season long as well, right? But even just looking at best ball, it's those big weeks that matter. And you got just almost no big weeks from the latter half of the quarterback range last year. It was like Geno Smith gave you some big weeks. Jared Goff gave you some big weeks. Then you have to go all the way up the line to like Justin Fields, like QB 14 or whatever to find consistent big weeks. So that's a, a gap of... 20 quarterbacks, including some of the guys who are drafted as like he may or may not play this year, like 20 some guys where two of them were able to give you just multiple weeks over like 25 points. So we saw in in the outcomes last year that the way to get 30 burgers from your quarterback consistently was to have one of the elite ones. So I think the, the adjustment makes sense. Do I think that it's maybe an over adjustment? I think it's probably true. I think almost every year we see the market look at what happened last year and say, that's what's going to happen again this year. We need to do that. I think there will probably be some breakout quarterbacks in the in the second, you know, second half of the QB range, the QB two and beyond who consistently give you big games or maybe consistent wouldn't be the word, but who are able to give you multiple big games. It's just picking them out, especially last year. It was really hard. Like Geno Smith being the guy, one of the two guys that really got you there. If you went super late at quarterback, that one is mind blowing Goff a little bit. So less so Geno Smith really was something special.
1: Crane, what do you think of the three quarterbacks going in the top 16, 17, by the way, of course, Patty Mahomes, Josh Allen, and the new best quarterback in the NFC, Jalen Hurts.
2: Yeah, I'm not really into it. I think that it's a lot to pay for quarterback. Um, I I don't think it's like maybe crazy, crazy off. Like if these guys were more like in the third round, I probably would be more interested. Um, But it is a lot to spend on a quarterback when – you know, you can find spike weeks later in the draft, um, not usually at the very end of the draft, as Kyle was noting, but there's usually there usually is a pocket of quarterbacks kind of going around where Fields was, where Lawrence was, that will provide um, some of those spike weeks more infrequently, but you can use three quarterback builds with those guys. I think three quarterback builds this time of year probably makes more sense anyway um, because, you know, you're – there's, there's way more uncertainty. And so you're kind of giving yourself more, more of a chance to have three healthy quarterbacks throughout the course of the the season and, and then fill or get enough healthy weeks because you have three. I mean, so I think what it is is that kind of early on right now, there's so much uncertainty at the top of the draft. People aren't sure who they're going to take. And so it's like, well, I know Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and lock him up at like the 15th pick and then I'll figure out the rest later. But these are very top-heavy tournaments that are going on right now. Um, and my my feeling is that Mahomes and Allen and Hertz will be pricier than they were last year, but probably cheaper than they are now. So I'm likely to get my exposure to those ultra league quarterbacks, or at least most of my exposure, later, I think, is going to be my plan. Get them when they're going more like the third, maybe the early fourth, something like that. And try to be right in these early rounds with the skill players. I mean, because you're getting a chance to, you know, get more skill players than you like the skill player pool sort of getting like you there's more value in it because there's there's quarterbacks mixed in. So um, and because there's so much uncertainty, you could potentially create pairings here that are just absolutely dominant um, in ways that is harder to do later in the summer when we have a much better idea of which skilled players should be going at the very top. So I'm more inclined to try to figure out quarterback later, Uh, maybe not super, super later, but, but just, you know, maybe in those mid rounds, those late single digit, early double digit rounds um, and, and let the rest of the field get their super, super early quarterbacks.
3: Crane, do you have any of these uh, spiky quarterbacks you're looking at? The only one that sticks out to me is like, no floor would be the correct way to put it, but has the potential to be, I'll say this year's this upcoming year's. Justin I know Williams, you're saying. Trey Lance. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't think Trey Lance has been good for his first two years, but our sample size is small. And also our sample size uh, shows us that he wants to run like Justin Fields, like as much and put up as many yards. He's one that I'm like, I actually don't uh, like love dipping as deep to, cause you get to like Aaron Rodgers, Stafford Carr. Like I, I these guys have like, so, as a Zoomer, I have just no interest in them. Trey Lance uh, is one who has ranged about as wide as any quarterback in the NFL, but that's a, okay. This is a tournament. We want the guys who can either – I don't care if I don't make my top two in my league, if it gives me the chance to make number one.
2: I think Trey Lance might be a trap, actually, because you, you're the whole game comes down to Week 17, right? So, you have to have – and to take on a guy who might not be a starter in Week 17 – and there's like a, I mean, he's got a legit, there's real job uncertainty around Trey Lance in week 17.
1: There would have been I more mean. if Brock Brady had not blown out his elbow,
2: but he'll be, it. that's when he's most likely to be healthy, right?
1: Maybe. I mean, this, this seems like a year, man. It just seems like a year. And I know
2: I see, I hear that. And then I'm like all this 49ers talk is like, he'll be ready by training camp. So that's
1: just Looney tunes. Not
2: okay. Happen. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs>
3: I also but think still, like, like
2: if we thought Purdy we comes thought, back, you know, you
3: could have said this the end the about season. like, could have said this about like, oh, Derek Carr. There's of course, Derek Carr is going to be out there week 17. Of course, like Stafford's going to be out there week 17. I agree. It's definitely I, I kind of fall on your side a little bit that like if I had to predict a starter in week one that won't be in week 17. Lance's Lance he's, is up
0: there. Lance he's, is he's on the
2: list. Anything <laughs> can happen. But I, what I'm what I'm suggesting is why take on additional known risk. Like there's you know, there's sort of known risk with Lance. Mm-hmm. There's you know, we don't know like sure, but Stafford, he got hurt and any of these guys can get hurt. But do you really want to take on a guy like, you know, Kenny Pickett, who I think stinks. But Kenny Pickett's mm-hmm. going to be a starter at the end of this season. He's should he be a starter? No, but he will be because they don't they're not going to go away from him. So, and and like in a sense, I'm actually maybe more interested in like Bryce Young than Trey Lance. Like Bryce Young starting week 17 next year, and probably very early into the season, he will be a starter as well. Because obviously, if the guy doesn't start until week nine or something, that's going to probably kill the team. You need to have points from the you know where you're taking him. Uh, He's got an ADP of 125. You probably need points pretty early on in the season. But I think you're going to get it with Bryce Young. So I think Trey Lance right now going ahead of Bryce Young. um, I'd I'd probably rather take Young.
1: I'm just looking through CJ Stroud currently going ahead of Mac Jones. Tough scene for Mac Jones there. Um, (laughs) Brock Purdy currently going ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo. Man, Will Levis going ahead of Ryan Tannehill. Real tough scene for Ryan Tannehill. Real, real tough scene for Ryan Tannehill. But. It's gonna be crazy a quarterback. Uh, one thing, one of the players, Patrick Crane, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is going in front of uh, Patrick Crane is currently.
2: Freudian slip.
1: I know the sixteenth <laughs> overall. Hey, similar level of accomplishments in twenty twenty-two. <laughs> both both world on. champions. Both. Yeah, he's, home, he's got two
2: now. He's got two. So
1: Bijan B. Robinson is currently the sixteenth, the fourteenth the overall player. I can maybe see why early drafters are more comfortable going with Patrick Mahomes ahead of someone where you don't even know what team he'll be on yet. But what do you guys think of Bijan being almost a first-round pick? Like, is it just worth it? Because the the potential upside is just so monstrous. I mean, the range of outcomes include, you know, being, I don't know, maybe the RB1 overall. Or is that just way, way, way too aspirational? Uh, Whereas Pat said, you're trying to really, like, (laughs) with with, so much uncertainty in these early rounds, you're really kind of just trying to hit – uh, skill player home runs. What do we think about Bijan?
2: I think Bijan's, he's an awesome prospect.
1: He's a
3: real good Yeah.
2: Guy. So what I, I was talking to Ben Gretsch was making the point and Pete Overset was making the point last night that he's probably in most scenarios, Robinson will probably fall a little bit from here. Um, you know, the NFL draft never really goes how we want it to go. Right, like teams, and then we and then we forget later. But like DeAndre Swift went to the Lions when they had Kerryon Johnson, and it was like
1: God, what?
2: It was such a headache. And now it seems like, well, obviously Swift was going to beat out, but Swift was Swift is very good, and Johnson wasn't as good as we thought. And and all this stuff clears up in ways that then like makes us forget what a headache it was in the first place. Jonathan Taylor went to the Colts when they had Marlon Mack, right? That cleared it. I mean, Mac gets hurt. Taylor's a superstar. That, in retrospect, seems like why would that even be a problem? But something like that is, is I would say, the most likely scenario. It's never co- going to be quite as clean as Najee Harris going to the Steelers, the Steelers, like signaling that from the very first days from of the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> announcing basically they're going to give him every touch and then doing so. You know, now imagine if Harris was good. You know, so it, it rarely it rarely works out like that. Um obviously if a situation like that materializes kind of like a Zeke Elliott to the Cowboys, a Harris to the Steelers, Robinson could be a top five pick. Um, I think Robinson would like defensively be the one oh one in a situation like Elliott to the Cowboys. Um Eagles but I don't th- I've don't.
3: i seen that one mocked before. They would obviously be leaving. Kyle's been list.
1: trying to make this happen in the work slack that the Eagles are gonna take B John.
2: Oh. I hope not, man. He's been trying I, to make it happen. Don't, I don't, don't know don't if do I'm trying Eagles. to make it happen. Don't I think I am trying
3: to I'm trying to uh ease the blow when it does happen. I don't
1: want it to happen. <laughs> Although it would be great, dude. Who cares? Great. Yeah, make a luxury I'm pick. Good. Who cares? Just do it. Like
3: um, I mean, I, don't it's, I said don't pull it Chiefs,
2: then that's unfair because he's it'd be like if they took JT instead of C E H, but
3: uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, imagine if the Chiefs took the best running back in the class instead of uh, the guy who lost huge. out to like Damien <laughs> Williams
1: and <laughs> to, uh, had again. fallen behind Rojo by the end. Uh,
3: he
2: yes, sure boy. did. Yeah, Two God. rings for Rojo, by the way. Two oh, rings. Don't forget it.
1: Good God.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, his Same as comes. Just saying. <laughs> it's true. Facts are facts. <laughs> Bichon's range of outcomes in terms of where he goes in the draft is so, so, so wide. Like people are talking about him going to the Falcons who pick uh, six, seven, right? Somewhere in that range. And as far as down to the bills at 27, and I have no clue where he goes in between there. He, so like,
1: even in this analytically like uh, enlightened era, he's not falling beyond the top 10 or 12. This isn't going to happen. Someone's going to be like, Whatever, I don't care. I know he's a running back. I want him for his rookie contract. He's the missing piece to our offense. Someone's gonna do it. He's not gonna fall beyond the top ten or twelve is my Yeah, the,
3: the analytics movement has gotten us far enough to say exactly what you said. I see this a lot on Twitter, is like don't re sign him run him out for the rookie contract. Exactly. I'm not yeah. sure you get what I'm saying when I talk, but <laughs> forget about it. Forget about it. Cause I see that a lot, but I think that's probably a sentiment that is uh, at least echoed somewhat in league circles as well. Is that like, sure. You can't pay him a ton of money, but you can still spend on him. So yeah, I agree. Like he could easily go like six.
1: He just seems like two. He's probably the best running back pros- prospects in Saquon. Right. And yes, for sure. Yeah. It's not falling outside the top or JT.
2: The- I think JT was also kind of at that level
1: he was but, he was a little more three. divisive just because he was coming from that Wisconsin system. He had already had and the fumbles. oh, the fumbles, the fumbles. He don't a wasn't lot of like mileage. an elite
3: pass catcher either, but Wisconsin threw four passes
2: a
1: game. so it's hard to really pin down what those numbers even meant.
3: His yards so, per
2: hour on were really good, though.
1: he was paying like a Wisconsin penalty, I think, where Bijan John is not going to have that problem
2: right. Um, and he he fell to the second round. Uh, and yeah, B. John will not. So
1: Bijan John will not. Um, we also you wanted to mention Tony Pollard. Unsigned Tony Pollard currently currently the RB thirteen. I mean, I mean that feels way too low to me. Uh, it feels
2: I w- way too low, right? It Feels
1: way too low. With the caveat, third down guys does never ever get given. Like it seems like even if he escapes Dallas, which he third probably down will, guys? they don't get, they don't get the th- they don't get the bigger roles. They just don't. Um, third down guys? I mean, hold on. What what when you guys say low, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. (laughs) I'm saying he's been typecast where his primary skill set is still change of pace catching passes. Even though he had a lot of success on early downs in Dallas, of course, this past season, the league coaching staff's league front offices still ultimately view him as like an Austin Eckler type. And only Austin Eckler really ever has that kind of success with that kind of role. So
3: Roto Pat, when you say way too low, you mean he's being drafted too early. No, 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 no!
1: I think he's going too
3: late.
2: No, too late.
1: Too late. Yeah. yeah. But you just
2: said going like he's been
1: typecast in this. I'm conv- I'm, conv- I'm saying I, I can I think the only reason that it it would maybe end up being a correct ADP is like every team's just going to use him like the Cowboys did. No one's really going to give him a bigger role, and the role got big enough, obviously. But like anytime we have hope for like a Tony Pollard type, like finally he's getting away from this coaching staff that just won't give him enough work on early downs. Like the, the the new team almost always sticks with the same usage. That was the only thing I was trying to say. Until we got very, very sidetracked for the third time.
2: But aren't they talking about franchise tagging him? Yeah, they are. And they cowboys say all sorts
1: of insane stuff.
2: I mean So this I think I think his best case scenario, as down as I am on the Cowboys, I think his best case scenario is that they franchise tag him, that they bring back Zeke, <laughs> and oh you know, you want you want them to bring back Zeke and because want the League
1: Davis season behind Pollard.
2: Zeke is there is Zeke is horrible. He's horrible. And if they bring back Zeke, they're going to play him as the number two. Like that's what you want. Pretty much Malik Davis is better than Zeke, but Malik Davis will be blocked by Zeke's reworked contract. So Pollard operating as the one a there and and like having a massive talent gap between him and the number two. And then on a team that like is probably going to be doing a bunch of suboptimal things like, giving the running back too many touches is going to be kind of amazing for Pollard specifically, I think. The overall offense will probably be extremely frustrating. And, you know, if you're a Dak Prescott fan, it could be a tough time. But I it don't does, know
3: about this bringing back a guy to take half the carries and the
2: guy who still it won't operate, get half the carries. He won't be able to do it.
1: I, it's true. He can't physically
2: do it anymore. This,
1: this feels like
2: <laughs> this it's Kamara, the it's year. It's Kamara and Mark Ingram. That's what it is. You Man. want okay, you want cool. that. That's a good outcome. Yeah, Kamara I mean, was was producing elite seasons yeah, with yeah. Ingram. Oh, oh I, 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 you, you, Back in the day, I thought you meant I thought you meant uh, like the second. I don't year. mean last year. No, I mean Kamara in his prime. Man, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, no, like with Alvin Kamara, you know, which would be I think another comp for Tony Pollard because. You know, Like Kamara, he's not just a third down guy. He's an explosive, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah maybe change of pace guy, but he's a lead back, and he provides you an explosive element that you then need to have someone else kind of take on some of the workload from him, and that's okay for fantasy. We can you know deal The only thing I was that. trying to
1: say is that, yeah, wherever he ends up, I feel like he's probably already at his touch ceiling. Even if he deserves more touches, I just think they will follow the Cowboys' lead and be like, we don't want this guy to get hurt. We need to keep him in the Austin of Alvin Kamara touch range. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I'm just saying. I was saying, don't expect a touch increase if he ends up. Somewhere.
2: And that's and I'm totally fine with that. I mean, Kamara in 2021, he gets all the touches we could ever hope for, but less receptions, and it's worse. Yeah, it's not. It's we don't. Just, we don't. Workhorse Kamara wasn't that fun. No. You know, we actually want the guy getting enough carries where he can produce elite fantasy weeks. But not so much to where you know some of that explosion starts to get sapped. So I actually think like Elliot coming in for all of the really junk stuff. Yes, stealing some goal line work, which is going to be stole annoying. a lot of
3: goal line work
2: too. Ho- hopefully, hopefully less in my in my bull case. It'd be, it would be less, but yeah yeah, you, yeah, yeah, that would be the issue, right? That would be the issue that he steals some. Getting the Eckler case where like there's just literally no other capable running back on the roster, except for this guy who's like essentially a receiving specialist is like such a rare outcome for a team. I, I just think it, you can hope for that, sure, but I think the most. The Cowboys the best won't realistic allow that outcome. either.
1: The Cowboys just won't even allow that. Like they would yes. just run. They would just keep using their Joshua Kelly. They wouldn't like abandon it. They would just keep. I mean, them. they had the last year.
3: They kept using their Joshua Kelly. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, they did. It's
2: true. His name is Zeke Elliott. Yeah, Z yeah,
1: yeah
3: I think that outcome is is almost dead. Like it's it's even yeah. we saw one of the games that Pollard started. Malik Davis came in and actually played a bit of that Zeke role. That's how we know that he might be better than Zeke is because we got some some reps for him. So I think, I think my only concern is that like what Pollard did on not a ton of touches is super hard to sustain. Uh, we did, he well, did we it. Alvin he did Biar- it
2: in 2021 too, though. Yeah. The dude has been amazing. He did, he did amazing.
3: it he did a too. On a pretty, a smaller sample as a rookie, but it has been the bulk of his career, much like Alvin Kamara, where like, if you saw him Kamara's rookie and your brain only worked in spreadsheets, you're like, well, actually he's going to regress and he won't be good anymore. Uh, no, like he's really, really, really good. You know, Kamara was a few years ago. Pollard was still there last year. I do hate the idea of drafting like a, a super committee back, losing a ton of goal line work uh, this early, but I, I think Kamara comp actually sold me on it. I, I was surprised he was going this high. Now, like, thinking about him as a Kamara type actually makes a lot of sense for this ADP. And I think it's a correct way to think about it
1: too. Which yeah, I just, makes I, sense. Did, I think there's still this like untapped upside there, even though last year could have been his career ceiling for a pilot. I think there's like enough unknown upside that RB 13, I like, I would be taking him before RB 13 is all I, I will say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quickly to end the show, Kyle, you point out that both jets skill dudes, Garrett Wilson and currently ACL Brees Hall, are going in the top twenty-four, despite the ACL, and despite us having absolutely no idea who the Jets quarterback is. Uh, what do we make of this? What do we think of this? People, people are saying, "What, what, what, what do you guys think about this?" <laughs> uh, I mean, the market is clearly and probably correctly predicting that they're going to get a
3: quarterback upgrade uh I mean I think that's pretty obvious I know they uh like Joe Douglas has said like oh we're gonna do what's best for Zach Wilson we're gonna try and make him work but like you make him work by putting him on the bench like that's just how it would be best for probably him definitely for the team I think that's the ultimate outcome now it's just which quarterback do they get they get Derek Carr like this team should be good I'm not through the roof about it they get Rodgers again like Rodgers wasn't great last year but it's a one-year sample in which he lost the best receiver in the NFL. Maybe and it sounds I,
1: like he's already purchased his home in Las Vegas. By the way, um, he hasn't literally. I'm just saying. I think Rogers is probably going to Vegas. Not I think he's side-track. going to Vegas. Yeah, not to sidetrack us yet again.
3: Yeah, hmm. I wouldn't be thrilled with the Jets getting Car. He's probably good. He will have a good offensive system. Or well. Willie and no Hackett, but I'll say he probably should have a good offense around him. But I just think it's so interesting that this team doesn't have a quarterback yet, and it's very unclear which one they will get. I mean, they could they could stumble all the way down to like getting Jimmy Garoppolo or something, or maybe the the uh, the carousel just doesn't land on them, and they truly have no one, and they're forced to go back to Zach Wilson. That's
1: James, baby, No, James.
3: I don't
2: think that's going to happen. There's like enough dudes happen, out but, like, there.
3: I don't think it's going to happen, but like, what are the odds of it? 10 5 percent like it's in the range know. of outcomes i don't think so i i think there's
2: like yeah, i really don't think quite so. literally
1: no way they will start zach wilson week one they've already said would like,
2: garoppolo would be yeah a, like a pretty big improvement
1: they basically already said his confidence was so destroyed they want him to like spend the year like learning from like learning how to play quarterback uh
3: I mean, I don't think they should play him, but like Garoppolo goes to Tampa Bay. Rogers goes somewhere else and Cargo, you know, Carr goes somewhere else. And Rogers, as you point out, could go to Vegas. Like that's three of the better candidates gone right away. Like, I don't think it's likely, but that's
2: in the range. I mean, of honestly, if they get Andy Dalton. It's better than Zach Wilson. Like Mike White showed us that Mike White was a massive upgrade. Like, remember how how devastated we were to not have Mike White in DFS? It was, like, it was that, it's like, we can't play these guys with Zach Wilson. Mike White starting, we're playing all of them, we're jamming them. Like, <laughs> if we're that's Mike White, that's and, uh, the, that's going from Wilson to Mike White. If they can bring in oh, dear. Jimmy Garoppolo, which is not obviously someone we're uh, particularly excited about, it's a massive, massive improvement. I, I think that baking in optimism here makes a lot of sense because we know, and, and the numbers back this up. I mean, Zach Wilson, in terms of EPA per play horrendous right and we go to Mike White wasn't great but it wasn't wasn't horrific you know we we kind of know that if they can bring in kind of anybody they, that that Mike White level of play can kind of probably be sustained if they're able to bring in a Rodgers I mean these guys are underpriced by a fair amount
1: that's true that's a good point yeah Rodgers it's gonna be the Jets or the Raiders be very it's gonna be so funny whatever team doesn't get him I was I was
3: leaning Jets before I came on here. I actually thought Jets were more likely than Raiders.
1: I feel like he's been, like, very, this like, he can't, you know, Rodgers is, like, he wants to, like, seem, like, deep and mysterious, like there's levels to him, but he can't help. He always gives the game away where he basically, like, coming to the Raiders this year and he like, he like winks like uh, we'll see has he like done Has he like talked about this he, he kind of has a little bit a little bit I think where he's, he's telling Devontae Adams to buy him a house um,
2: uh, okay okay yeah, I, I could see Ben Stiller playing Aaron Rodgers in a in a biopic
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> like a as like an overwrought like overconfident yeah <laughs> yeah it oh would be that's good. really
2: good yeah yeah wouldn't that be fun
1: well, you know what's not fun as we end the show. I see you—you you truly sick people have given Ryan Griffin an ADP. What's what's going on? Why? Are you, come on, guys, just stop. Just stop.
2: Is, I don't—I don't know what that's about.
1: Well, it's I guess he's the, being projected as the Buck starter right now. But how would that not be? Would
3: it not be like Blaine Gabbard or Kyle Trask?
1: I, th- I guess they think it's him. Right, is, this, is this? What's is this? Was he on the Bucks or the Saints last year, Ryan Griffin? I
3: don't know. Um, There's also, um, I think, a tight end Ryan Griffin that I always get him. Well, I'm on
1: only the quarterbacks. So, he
2: uh, – I, I don't know what you're looking at, man, because no, he's uh, he not having ADP in the – He does. Uh, he's, the QB,
1: uh, what looking, he's the QB uh, uh, – I'm He's the QB – 36. You're, I mean, you're right. He's because, between Wentz and McCoy. Uh, I guess he's getting projected as the Bucs starter. He he, had, he was on the like so Yeah, he's getting projected as the Bucs starter is what's going on
2: here. I went straight to the source. On Underdog, he does not show up with an adp
1: Uh, well in the 444 underdog adp he does pat
3: i'm sure he got like drafted once and you can't kick him out of the system at that point Uh, yeah maybe that's backups Um, Uh, i mean bucks are an interesting spot though Uh, not for ryan griffin
1: they're gonna have the worst quarterback situation in the league i think even worse than the jets they just i think they're gonna go
3: retread they're going like jimmy or something boring man that'll be just awful Uh, yeah yeah not great
2: I did want to ask Kyle if you're what is your temperature on the rookie class? And obviously we're going to talk more in depth on the rookie class, um, you know, endlessly throughout the offseason. But just like generally a quarterback, because we've had uh, a, just like a bad rookie class last year, a quarterback. And we knew that everyone kind of acted accordingly in terms of drafting these guys for best ball. But the year before we were promised a very good rookie class and maybe it was okay. Cause Lawrence has kind of recovered. Fields has recovered a bit. Um, but it was a devastating year for rookie production from the quarterback position in 2021 this year supposed to be, well, you know, pretty solid quarterback class, but it feels to me looking at the ADPs like people are nervous about going there again, you know, Maybe this is a zig while everyone is, is zagging. You, you don't draft rookie quarterbacks in best ball. Everyone knows it. That's like now the new after two down years. That's that seems to be the conventional wisdom. But if this is a good rookie class and it doesn't massively disappoint like the, the one two years ago, uh, that could be a pretty big edge.
3: Yeah, when you said rookie class, I was like, yeah, the receivers looked like real priced up. Obviously, like uh, Bijan is super expensive. I think he deserves to be. So uh, the one spot that that doesn't seem to have happened. And like you said, it's based on a sample size of data. Now, what is that sample size? It's like eight quarters. Essentially
2: one year. I think it's based essentially on one year. 2021 because we knew last year that the class was true be yeah very good. we got
3: one first round pick last year and he wasn't even like a high first round pick so yeah right. it's not i was thinking there were more last year yeah it's it's one year two years ago plus sort of kenny pickett i guess if you want <laughs> yeah. th- sure throw him in uh maybe you could even throw in malik willis because at this time last year we didn't know uh what would ultimately unfold with him he was a potential at number two so two years of six data points i this is the one spot i totally agree that i thought the rookies were super undervalued here especially like, there should be some decent landing spots for the quarterbacks like i think uh washington for example depending on what they do with their quarterback situation they, they're gonna have really good receivers decent running backs i think that's a spot that and they, what if they get eric Bieniemy or something like they could be a team where you throw a quarterback right in maybe doesn't even start week one maybe they try Sam Howell for a week or two or bring back taylor heineke they could be a really good spot. Or when you look up at the top of the draft, you're at least securing almost for sure full starting seasons from whoever the Colts take, from whoever Houston takes. Like there are spots where, if it's not the best situation, it's 17 games. And at least at that point, you have a large sample. Of if this guy is good, if the prospects prospecting on Bryce Young or CJ Stroud is correct, he should give you some good fantasy weeks. So the draft, uh, the draft they did like 30 minutes before we got on here, uh, double rookie quarterback.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, that, that's. That last point about, you know, these guys starting right away, I think is absolutely critical because two years ago, it wasn't just that the guys disappointed, but that fields took a while to get on the field because, because Matt and Aggie, um, Trey Lance, which something yeah. like that could happen again. Trey Lance, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo there. And, you know, there but was- Even last
3: year, can you pick it? If you thought, well, I can get some usable weeks out of him, uh, you right. missed the first four weeks and then he got hurt again later, so-
2: and who knows, maybe Houston does something weird where they, they start Davis Mills for a while, but like the Colts guys starting right away. Um, you would you would hope that the Houston guy would start right away. So if
3: the Raiders take a guy, they're probably starting right away. Panthers, yeah. I don't think, like, have a quarterback on the roster at this point. Uh yeah. They have spots that can they have a spot that can start right away. Falcons could be a start right away. That's obviously
1: much more, much more up in the air.
3: That
2: would be a little more up in the air, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, We'll talk about that in much greater detail as we go through the offseason. We talk about free agency, the draft, combine, best ball, so on and so forth. We're we're glad Patrick Crane is back in the United States of America. Um, we're glad Kyle Dvorak's haircut is going well. Uh, we're glad Denny uh, keeps going on the road. And so we'll be back next week. Denny will be back. Crane will be back. Kyle will be back. Lawrence will be around. So for Pat, Kyle, I'm the other Pat. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later selling smoothies is what i do but for small business insurance i chose my state farm agent he's a small business owner too so he knew how to help me personalize my policies
0: like a good neighbor state farm is there talk to an agent today the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble